0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Checkpoint, the podcast highlighting and telling the stories of influential leaders in and around the sports industry. Today, we are excited to welcome our next guest, Andrew Gavin. Andrew has been the director of athletics at UW Parkside for the last three years and has completely transformed the look and feel of the Rangers athletics. He was pivotal in the decision for the program to join the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference in 2017 and has positioned the Rangers to be a leader of of the division in all 15 varsity sports. As we're going through this crazy unprecedented fall, Andrew is continuing to find ways to innovate and provide the best experience for his student athletes. We're thrilled to spend the next 45 minutes learning his story and gaining some perspective of what's on the horizon for collegiate athletics. Andrew, welcome to Checkpoint. How are you doing today? I'm good, Scott. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Awesome, man. Yeah, we're excited to go ahead and uh, you know take a sneak peek behind the curtain of um, you know UW Parkside. Obviously, you guys are doing some amazing things at the D two level. Um, you know, we'd love for you to just go ahead and shed our listeners or shed some light on how you guys are handling fall sports um, over there. You know, at UW Parkside this fall.
1: Sure. Yeah. So uh, our league kind of on the heels of the NCAA's decision to cancel fall sports at the division two level or, or fall championships, I should say. Our league uh, made the decision both at the AD and presidential level to cease competition until at least January one. So we're in no competition mode here at Parkside and, and across the GLIAC. So our hope is to preserve opportunities for competition for all of our sports. You know, once we get into 2021, Um, there's some challenges with that. We're a a Northern league actually down here in Southeastern Wisconsin. We're kind of on the Southern edge of the GLIAC. We've got schools in the upper peninsula of Michigan, uh, Michigan, the Detroit area and other otherwise. So, um, you know, we'll navigate that, but the intent there is to preserve competition opportunities for, for our student athletes across all sports. So we started classes here at Parkside last week, just after Labor Day. And, um, we are currently in a reacclimatization phased approach to getting our student athletes, you know, first and foremost, back together. I think that's the most important thing from a mental health perspective. And then, and really from the physical health side of things, getting them to a phased approach of, of workouts and ultimately, hopefully, you know, full team practices here as we, as we get into the fall.
0: Fingers crossed. Right. I know we're all wanting that. And uh, as a former athlete, I mean, I try and empathize and put myself in the shoes of, um, you know, the athletes coming through right now, um, the recruits. I mean, it's just a a tumultuous situation. Um, But it seems like you guys have a handle on things. So. So I'm curious, you know, and and for all you guys, you know, first time listeners, Checkpoint, what we're going to do today is. Um, you know, start to understand Andrew's path to Parkside, what he's done while he's been there, and then you know where he sees the program going over the next three to five years. Um, so, so taking a dive in, Andrew, you have a tenure that obviously prepared you for some craziness like we're experiencing this fall. Um, what, what was that journey like? What were some of your stops along
1: the way? Sure. Well, I got into college athletics through uh, being an SID through the PR communication side of things. Um, that really stemmed from. A little bit of luck, I think, coming out of college and um, not having a, a full resume. I was a government economics double major and decided pretty late in the game that the law school route, the business side of things wasn't really in my future as as I had planned. And went back to that childhood dream, that childhood thought of, you know, I want to work in sports every day. Um, so making that decision as a college senior, I think I was a little behind and, and got a great education at Center College. Um but my economics and government degrees and, and my lack of experience as an undergrad, you know, we're definitely creating some issues uh, in the jobs, job, job hunt. Um, I didn't have a pandemic as my excuse, but I can relate to so many right now that, you know, graduated in May and are, are trying to find their first step in college athletics in a, in a really challenging job market. So all that to be said, I kind of stumbled into a position at USC Aken, and um, division two school down in, in South Carolina, and um, it was in the communications SID realm, and and just kind of luckily really fit with uh, what I was interested in doing, what I was good at naturally, and what I what I could get better at quickly, and in the communication side of things, that was you know a little bit being a stat nerd, and then kind of this interest in telling stories and promoting others, and um, I think it kind of was a really lucky fit for me, and. Went into a career from there, working um, at a couple stops in Division One. First at the University of Central Florida down in Orlando, um, which was kind of my as a small town kid from Indiana. Went to Division Three school in Kentucky. Started at Division Two. It was kind of my first taste of you know high level college athletics, um, you know football Saturdays and you know million dollar coaches and you know everything that that Division One can bring. And UCF was really at a, a cool phase at that time in the mid 2000s of um, really trying to get into the mix, you know, with the power fives, looking for a new conference and, you know, to an extent are kind of still in that, um, that of trying to find their niche in college athletics, but it was an awesome opportunity for me to, to work at division one and get to experience uh, big time athletics And then I went to UW Green Bay for five years. Kind of made the decision that I wanted to to have a faster trajectory as an administrator, and being able to do that at a a non football, Division One kind of mid major was my best chance of doing that. And was a growing up in Indiana, we're all basketball guys, so getting to be around a a mid major men's basketball program and travel with a program, and and really love my time up there. and then kind of shifted while there and then from there into the more the administrative side of things and um, went and worked at my alma mater for two years down in Kentucky as a as an associate AD and then um, got the opportunity here at EW Parkside just about three years ago. So fall of 2017, uh, a couple of years ahead of schedule for sure, um, kind of stumbled into a job I wasn't looking for and um, to be frank, probably wasn't ready for Yeah. Uh, sometimes that's how it works out. And I was really blessed to get, get this opportunity at, at 33 at the time. And, um, you know, I'm just kind of tried to take it and run with it from there,
0: man. What a, what a story. And, and, you know, it's, it's interesting as we're running this series and talking to, you know, influencers in sport, we're finding the folks that have the most diverse perspective but under the same umbrella um, quickly rise up to the top. And I got to tell you as a former athlete and and a technology provider in the sports space. Now it's really refreshing to see young blood coming in, um, you know, creating new deal structures with Nike and BSN and other, you know, strategic deals that maybe we didn't see so traditionally in the, uh, you know, at the D2 level. So I'm curious, you know, since you've got to Parkside, what has some of that transformation been like since you've been at the uh, at the reins there?
1: Sure, yeah. And I think, um, you know, everybody has their own path and their own unique journey, but, you know, in unintentionally getting experiences at all three divisions and even within Division One, two very different places: UCF and UW Green Bay. Not just because of the weather, but <laughs> football and non-football. The number of people on staff, the resources at your disposal. Um, you know, even within those Division One experiences, really, I, I think allows you to take what you what you see in those experiences and, and scale it to whatever, wherever you end up. And for me, I've really tried to scale my experiences at Division One, especially to what we're doing here at UW Parkside. So, um, you know, where that has been is certainly in the revenue generation, you know, that that's something I knew was an opportunity and a need coming into a, you know, a small state school where budgets are tight and we need to find more dollars to accomplish our goals. So, you know, that those corporate partnerships, you know, those relationships with the BSN and Nike or like our sports medicine provider and being able to enhance that, allows you to generate and and have resources that we didn't have previously. And the other thing that I'm kind of an org chart nerd and I am having those experiences at all three levels and getting to understand, okay, at a a UCF where everybody specialized and, you know, each department is accounted for from a marketing to communications to video production, to fundraising, to student athlete services and academics compliance. And then how do we kind of create a similar structure at our level where we're not gonna have 100, 150 bodies, we're not gonna have that many employees, but I still want We waking up every single day thinking about all those areas, thinking about how are we providing for our student athletes in each of these areas? How are we getting better and taking advantage of our opportunities in each of these areas? So we really put a lot of emphasis on our work structure and our growth of people. And we, we were able to do that through a assistant program. And it was, it was really fortunate for me that my arrival at Parkside corresponded to the creation of a master's program in sport management. And it just was a perfect marriage of we need people. We didn't have enough bodies. I was just talking uh, yesterday. I saw a memory from three years ago where um, I was sitting in this office, month in on the job. We had like 15 total employees. I'm talking – Administrators, head coaches is all in because of some vacancies and how small we were at the time. I was moonlighting as an SID while we were trying to hire that position. We had somebody covering compliance and it's just, you got to have bodies, right? You got to have good people. Certainly you got to have talent, but so trying to division one org chart and grow our capacity, our staffing capacity. And we were able to do that through the grad grad assistant program. So right now about half of our staff are grad students, like I was 15 years ago, trying to get their niche, trying to find their way in the business. And we've really tried to take that energy, that youthful energy, that interest in college athletics, that passion that they all have, and and really not only take advantage of it and help our department get better, but provide that pathway into college athletics. So it's been a lot of fun and really at the core of what we've been able to accomplish and what we're trying to continue to accomplish, is that staff growth and the higher the hiring of of new people and new talent on our staff. Amazing. You reach one, you teach one. Man, that's what, you know, that's the motto
0: of our our company and and I'm curious, you know, you know, coming from the AD lens, you know, we've gotten it from, you know, number 2 in charge and we got it from development, but you know, when you're trying to balance the the workload of each individual um, and the marriage of technology to streamline some of these processes. Have you found any platforms or any um, implementations of technology that are symbiotic that help your program and help your staff grow um, without completely replacing them? Or how do you sort of handle that balance there?
1: Yeah, I don't know that I could speak to any any great successes there, Um, but I think understanding at our level where we can utilize technology, you know, thinking of coming out of that communications background, I think the, the influx of technology and more affordable technology into our, into our college athletics business, whether that's, um, you know, live streaming, whether that's just the creation and the evolution of social media platforms, you know, things that used to cost a lot of money, especially in the technology world. And especially when we're thinking about, how are we promoting what we do? How are we putting a spotlight on our student athletes? How are we using technology to generate revenue? That's never been cheaper, right? It's never been more affordable and more um, at our disposal at, at a small school. You know, I don't have a marketing budget of tens of thousands of dollars. I don't have the the budget to buy tens of thousands of dollars of equipment, um, but you don't really need it anymore, right? You know, you and I can sit here and promote our, your company and my work, and we can talk about business, you know, you know, fairly much at pretty much at no cost. So I think empowering our people to look at those opportunities to use the resources that are at our, at our disposal, excuse me, at our disposal. And the other thing is, I think it's more important at our level um, and at a small school than probably it is when you think about, you know, power five college athletics is that we have to be aligned with the institution. Mm -hmm. You know, Think about my Division One experiences. We were we were fairly siloed. We because we had the people, we had the resources, we could get away with that. But I think at our level, you've got to understand where can we partner with CTS, the you know computer technology services across campus? Where can we partner across campus with communications and marketing and what they're doing? to, to utilize their resources and their technology at their disposal and, and kind of pair together what our goals are. So one of our core values is mindful of mission. And I think one benefit of that is if you're really aligned with your institution, you can benefit, you know, from things that our institution has that we wouldn't in athletics be able to justify that expense, um, Mm. capital that we need to to have that.
0: Well said, no, that's really, I I think that strategic alignment between, um, the athletics and the university does open up a ton of you know new realms of possibility and strategic thinking that might not have been there um, in the traditional model. And so, you know, before we move on, uh, you know, for all you listeners out there, I found Andrew on LinkedIn promoting UW side and talking about the hashtag Ranger Impact Movement that they have started over there. Um, I was inspired. I wanted to come through the screen and, and start, you know, playing football again. Um, Andrew, shed some light on what that initiative is, where it came from, and ultimately how it's impacting the program.
1: Yeah, so um, really transparent guy here. So I the creation of, of Ranger Impact started in July of 2017. I'm 33 years old. I thought I was multiple years away from being a college athletic director, was in the pathway program, the NCAA leadership program to kind of help propel you to be the athletic director. Um, We're living in Kentucky, just built a house, have a one-year-old. My wife's pregnant. I'm thinking I'm three or four years away from this dream job of becoming a college athletic director, but it doesn't always work out that way. Right. So longer, sometimes an opportunity just, dumps in your lap that you're not necessarily ready for or expecting. And the reason I start with that is because all of a sudden I was two weeks away from day one on the job as a college AD and totally unexpected. And I knew there were going to be a lot of questions that our staff had, our coaches had, our student athletes had, chancellor and the administration had about, well, what are your philosophies? What are you going to, what are you going to do? How are you going to judge me as a coach? What are your expectations? And all of that was just an overwhelming, all those questions that I knew were coming were overwhelming for me thinking, I don't know that I'm going to be ready to answer all those on day one, on August 1st, right? Because I don't have this playbook. I've never been in AD before. This is kind of coming at me faster than I expected. So what that made me do was really sit down and think about, okay, this is my athletic department now. They're going to be asking for my direction. What's it, what's going to be important to me? What do I believe in, in an athletic department for us to be successful? And that's really where Ranger Impact was created. Why do you wanna be an AD? To be, to make an impact, to to make something better than where where it was when I started, to impact that individual student athletes experience, to impact the university through college athletics and the community, I knew that word mattered to me. Okay, so what is, how do I define that? And that's where the core values of Ranger Impact really became. And they're all pretty broad, again, because I didn't have all the answers. I didn't have all this defined, but I knew I needed to make make sure that people knew what I stood for and what I wanted Parkside Athletics to stand for from a foundational perspective. And if we do that, we can answer some of those questions as we're still trying to answer some of those questions mm-hmm. now, right? Starting year four. But... Inspire others. We need to be doing that through college athletics. You know, if we can inspire our teammate across from us on the basketball court or on the soccer field, successful for it. If we can inspire that eight-year-old in the crowd that's coming to our game and wants a role model that's in college athletics, we can. We, we're going to be successful. If we can inspire that seventeen-year-old to choose Parkside over another school that's offering them a scholarship, we're going to be successful, right? Inspire others. Mindful admission. I referenced that earlier. That that silo thing has always bothered me about college athletics. We're always defending ourselves. We're always mm-hmm. we're always kind of at odds with the institution, and 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 sometimes that's within our departments. So that that basketball coach or that football coach that only cares about their program. Can you be mindful of the the broader mission? So that's true whether we're talking about our athletics department or the university as a whole. So that's them. P positivity, progress, and people. And I've kind of morphed this over time and you, this is what you heard me talk a little bit about is it's kind of developed into this multiplier factor for me. Like if, if we really can be positive and we can multiply that with, with an intent on making progress, because that's kind of what I'm wired to make progress. I, I can't handle status quo. And if I can multiply positivity with this intent and this desire to, be pro- to make progress, there's no question we'll impact people. So any of those two of those P's, if you multiply them together, the third is inevitable. And that's kind of where at the core of that progress times positivity times people. Drop the mic, Andrew. That's it right
0: there, man. That's a good one.
1: Uh, yeah, that's the one I need to, I probably need to write that down a little bit better. But <laughs> but it, it's just those three things are matter to me. And I know that they work together so well. Appreciation of differences. So obviously, you know, our community just went through some significant civil unrest just a couple of weeks ago, and really we're at the spotlight nationally of um, racial injustice and police brutality and and uh, the need for for social reform and rioting and I mean just just a, it was a challenging couple of weeks for for Kenosha, but so appreciation of differences really I through going back to George Floyd earlier this summer and, you know, throughout the entire summer and in the recent events that really hit close to home, um, you know, two blocks from where my kids go to daycare with all of the, the stress and the, the emotion and anger and frustration about a lot of this, what's really continued to rise to the top is how blessed we are in college athletics that in our locker rooms and in our hallways and on our soccer fields and basketball courts, we have so much difference and we have so much diversity. And I think you can probably relate from your experience as a student athlete. I can relate from my experience as a student athlete and now working in college athletics for 15 years. When things like this happen in our society, when we've been involved in sports, I can pick up the phone and call my teammate who can give me the perspective of a black man. Mm-hmm. I can pick up the phone and call a colleague of mine who um, can give me the perspective of um homosexual. You know, just, I can we have this diversity just ingrained in our locker rooms and on our on our fields and our courts. And I've always appreciated that. And the the experiences the last few months have have really brought that all to the forefront again. Um so that's at the core of appreciation of differences. But the other piece of that is that's not just race, it's not just sexuality, it's not just ethnicity. It's when you walk in here as a freshman and you're used to being coached by someone who doesn't criticize you constructively. Can you appreciate that a coaching style might be different from this person you're, you're playing for? Can you appreciate that the way your teammate handles something is different? So that appreciation of differences is broad. And I think if we can do that, it, it leads to empathy, it leads to understanding, a willingness to learn and understand different perspectives. So that's the A. I'm, I'm rambling here, Scott, but- You're good,
0: you're good. This is-
1: his commitment to community. So, you know, if we're going to be a part of this community, we're a state institution in Southeastern Wisconsin. We need to be committed to our community if we want them to support us. And that's support us as a university, that support us as an athletics department financially through partnerships, through attendance. You know, we also have to be committed to our community and then telling our story. And ultimately, you know, uh, that's something coming out of PR that we're going to put all this work in. We gotta let people know about it, and it's not a way to pat ourselves on the back, but I think it's important that we let people know across campus, our colleagues across campus, my colleagues on Chancellor's Cabinet, what we're doing, why we're doing it, why it's a value to us, and then out in the community, you know, we need to be telling our story and talking about our value and what we're adding, you know, to Kenosha in our case.
0: Amazing.
1: That's right, and I mean to think that you
0: know you were wide eye and bushy tail going into this opportunity, not really knowing. And and we're able to come up with a foundation that now three years has matured and um, you know, I think the through line of what I picked up there is not only are you maturing the athlete while you have your hands on them you know, from 18 to 22, like such impressionable ages, but these are core principles that will make them and represent Parkside and leave a legacy well beyond their years on the field or on the court. Um, and that's what we need in society right now, right? We need people to use two ears instead of one mouth to understand that perspective and say, hey, I might not be able to go one-to-one because I'm not a black man, but if I can call my my teammate and start to understand that, um at least I'm trying, right? At least we're putting the effort in to try and understand it. And and one of the cool things is that the script in 2020 has completely been flipped. So to your telling the story, it's not about who knows you, or it's not about who you know, but it's about who knows you. And so, you know, kudos and hats off to you guys being forward thinking and getting on LinkedIn and Twitter and all the social feeds to, you know, get Parkside that visibility. Now I'm curious, and I'm gonna use this as a bridge here, But name, image, and likeness has to do one-to-one with storytelling, with some of the foundation that you have in the Ranger Impact. Um, How are you guys addressing that with your athletes um, as this is starting to creep into becoming more of a reality?
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, we probably haven't talked enough about it. And I think that's something that our we call it RSAC, Ranger SAC, the Student Athlete Advisory Committee Group. you know will be be part of their conversations this fall and trying to pick their brain around you know what they what they believe in it and what they want to know about it. Division two is still kind of divining defining some of this for our division. Um you know I think I'm all I'm all for that. I think it's it's an absolute necessary step. And I think back to my time at Green Bay where um you know, we, for a small city up there, we had some guys that absolutely could have, especially men's basketball players that absolutely could have, um, profited off of their celebrity and their talent and, and, and should have been able to, in in a lot of ways. Um, I think trying to weigh that for me with, um, one, what, what's realistic there? Like what, what really is possible, um, for a division two student athlete. And I don't know. I mean, I guess we're all going to, out to an extent, um, and, and try not to put barriers up, but try to educate on how we can be a part of that process, um, and also educate on, I mean, I think there's, the national narrative is all this money in college athletics that exists, and we all just have these safes full of cash that we can use whenever we need it, and there's all this excess, and the student athletes don't get anything, and I understand that, that argument, and I understand that narrative nationally, but I mean, at our level, when we're starting the year in a significant, gap, a significant hole in terms of the money that we need to generate, trying to weigh how do we help our student athletes potentially benefit from this new legislation and the removal of some of these barriers as they should be able to. Mm. Same time, make sure they also understand that for us to operate, you know, the way we are and hopefully continue to get better and continue to give them more resources as part of their experience, you know, these relationships with you know our community partners and businesses are incredibly important to that too. So just trying to under trying to be really transparent and and educate them. I'm I'm trying to be really transparent with our student athletes about our challenges and what we're trying to overcome and what our needs are too. And that's part of telling your story too, right? Yeah. The the fun stuff is the hashtags and the social and the LinkedIn, but you also at the core of telling your story is being transparent with our parkside athletics family, our student athletes and coaches, and telling our story across campus about what our needs are. Because even within your own campus at our level, our faculty members, our university leadership, they're more likely to get their sports news from sports center than mm-hmm. they are. Right. So trying to make sure we're we're focusing parkside athletics conversations on what's important at parkside versus what's happening down the road at madison with the big (laughs) 10 because otherwise you start to put them together and they're so incredibly different
0: obviously yeah no that's uh that's interesting and and you know each person that we talk to each entity is approaching name image likeness in in many different ways um you know obviously it is on the the horizon, um, you know, how it shakes out at each level is TBD. But, um, but you know, there's definitely change on the horizon, right? Like that's, you know, one thing that we can both shake our head to. Um, you know, just got off with the commissioner from the New England Collegiate Conference, and esports has really ballooned in their conference. And so, uh, and I'm really curious, you know, with your insight into the conference and as a as a university, where do you see this trending um, or transitioning to over the next three to five years? Uh, if you can even think about that right now. (laughs) You're talking about eSports specifically? Just sort of the – I was just using eSports as an example, you know? Like, I mean, that's sort of where they saw their conference going and embracing that. Where do you see uh, initiatives on the horizon for your conference and, you know, and Parkside? Like, is there anything specific that sticks out as initiatives you guys are trying to accomplish?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um, as all (sighs) – you know that's a good question, Scott. I think it's something we all we all need to be continuing to think about. Those conversations nationally that um, change is coming, and I think um, some of that change is going to trickle to us. Some of it we can be a part of right away. I mean, to be honest with you, trying to navigate you know what change do we need to really be focused on today versus do we know may trickle to us versus you know what can we what can we really spend time on productively now. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I think for I think continuing to, to show value and, and educate people on division two is continues to be an opportunity for our division, right? So we're a partial scholarship model. Um, I think sometimes we get lost in, in one bucket or the other where it's the division one where everybody thinks everybody gets a full ride and everybody's got the the safe full of cash, or the division three where you know there's non-athletic scholarships, and continuing to educate. Both our institutions and prospective student athletes on the value of a division two experience um, is something I think our division has done well, um, but is only going to become more important as change happens around us, but also trickles to our level. Um, and I do think being in tune with what opportunities are out there, our conferences having conversations about esports. Some of our schools have already made that decision to to add it or put it under the athletics umbrella. you know, Some of us have it more as a, a student org right now or a student club and thinking about, okay, how does this fit into the athletics picture at our institution? So um, I think it's gonna be continuing, increasingly more important for us to tell the value of, of athletics, of division II athletics. And that's true on our institution as, as well as externally. Super cool. Super
0: cool. That's great insight. And, uh, you know, Andrew, I got to tell you, this has been an unbelievable checkpoint, you know, to get under the hood and and hear your story and, and you know, how decisions are made at Parkside, where you see it going. I mean, this is just such insightful um, nuggets for our listeners. So um, as we start to wrap it up here, going to shift a little bit away from the uh, university and the athletic department, but um, got a got a question for you that uh, you weren't expecting. So buckle up. Um, but but Andrew, if you could tell me and our listeners one thing you've done in your life that you would recommend they do or experience in theirs, what
1: would that be and why? Hmm. I was not expecting that question. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> oh man. Um. So, I mean, I think, I don't know that this is a one size fits all. I don't think, I don't, it's not for everybody, but I have moved around a lot and I've been willing to take chances geographically and with my career. And a lot of us do this in college athletics, but, um, I would not be where I am. I would not be, you know, at the point in life that I that I am and enjoying my career and my goal or my dream here at UW Parkside if I wasn't willing to move around and experience different parts of the country and in our world the, the three different divisions. So I always encourage, um, especially our sport management undergraduate students here at UW Parkside, who. Say they want to work in sports. Think they want to work in sports. That sounds like a you know sexy career path. Something that they'd really enjoy. Um, I really challenge them to come to grips soon with: Are you willing to put yourself out there and go experience something outside of your comfort zone? So whether that's you know moving away from home, whether that's um, a sport. Maybe you didn't you want to work in football, but now this opportunity exists at a school that doesn't have football or at a, a elite are you willing to kind of side of your comfort zone and I think for for me that was kind of ingrained in me from a young age my parents grew up on the east coast my dad moved to Indiana to pursue a high school coaching career and my willingness and, and interest in doing that has certainly been really helpful to me in my path I think because of it I um have diverse experiences and a different perspective on life than maybe you if you're in your in your own bubble all the time not to use the uh, the bubble term and a different than we hear it these days but gosh Andrew, can we just pivot off the I
0: bubble term you. i'm <laughs> Um, man, and I got to tell you, you know, you're, you're talking to somebody that just went on a 20,000 mile road trip across the States. And, um, you know, it's more encouraging than ever to think that, um, you know, the folks that are at the, you know, that have the reins of where universities are going and, you know, the decisions for the athletes just have such a diverse perspective, um, to really shed and, you know, take into account every angle um, of how your decision will make an impact. So um, on that note, man, this has been an absolute pleasure. Um, we so appreciate you coming on the show. Um, for any you know, future Parkside Rangers, um, what's the best way to go ahead and find more information about your school?
1: Sure, our website is uh, parksiderangers.com. So that's the athletics website. And then, as you mentioned, we're, we're pretty active on all the social medias, and, and I'm pretty active as well, um, especially on Twitter, Andrew Gavin AD. So feel Love free. It. <laughs> Love it. All righty. Well, guys, if you are looking for a home, UW Parkside uh, will not be a
0: bad one by any stretch. Uh, Andrew, again, thank you for coming on Checkpoint. And until next time, check yourself. Thanks, Scott.